days and weekends that I would blow on PS4 playing with friends, I start to look at that as crazy, especially mm. when I look back and see like, okay, the last five years of my life went by so fast, it was a blur. Isn't it safe to say that I'm going to wake up 10 years from now and look back at this very moment and that's going to be a blur? So I decided, you know, mm. I got to get out. I, I want to make a change. I want to actually take risk in my life. 99 Hustles, Hustles. I'm your host, Nick Carter. And I'm your co-host, International Fees. And we appreciate you tuning into the podcast where we make it our mission to get information and stories from the minds of successful entrepreneurs directly to you. Hear how they came up, what they went through, the highs, the lows, and the stories that define them. We hope to inspire the hustle spirit inside of you. It's free inspiration. What else? Motivation. What else? Information directly to the listeners every week. And please do not forget to subscribe to the 99 Hustles podcast where you can keep up with these incredible stories from incredible people. And with no further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Let's get it. Squat. <laughs> What's up, guys? This is Nick here. Don't forget to check out 99hustlesblog.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things a part of the hustle. We show you how to get money blogging, podcasting, opening an online store, starting a digital agency, or any type of side hustle you can think of. Information is our form of reparations, and we got all the resources to help get you going. Once again, that's 99hustlesblog.com. Now, with no further ado, let's get into the episode. What's going on, world? It's the 99 Hustles podcast back with a very special guest. We're joined by the one and only Stefan. Stefan, thank you for being on the show, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Stefan, he's done something real special here. He's taken the car rental game digital. He figured out a way uh, how to make money online by renting his own cars through the platform called Turo. Uh, Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. Uh, really excited to hear about, you know, how Stefan got his uh, feet wet in this. So, Stefan, if you don't mind, tell us a little about about it yourself and what it is that you actually do. Yeah, man. So, Turo is one of the businesses that I run. It actually started off as kind of like what you guys talk about on your show, a side hustle. Um, I run another business, uh, Emission Inspection Station. I own a few locations. That's my main business that I run on my main hustle. And I kind of picked up Turo at the end of 2018 after I had a couple of my associates who were doing Turo, had a couple of cars on there, nothing really crazy or nothing too big, just a small operation, a couple of cars. And um, I just kind of watched them and see what they were doing, uh, see what kind of money they were bringing in. And um, I had all the pieces already ready to go. So I figured, you know, why not give it a shot? So, uh, kind of just took a leap, didn't really have uh, much to lose since I was already buying cars and selling cars and we were already repairing cars, fixing on them. So uh, it just worked out perfectly with what I already had going on. So I jumped into Toro 2018 um, with a small bank loan, started off with about six cars 
And since then, we've just been adding cars, uh, rolling the revenue right back into the business. And now uh, we're at 15 cars on Toro. And um, wow, that's crazy. I'm, I'm looking to expand more. That's crazy. So you had you had a background with cars or something that you already were doing um, and had interest in. And then you had some people show you what they were doing. What, what, was that, what exactly was your mission at the outset of this? Uh, my mission beginning with the Toro. Right. Um, well, really, the kind of people I follow and I, I see that my business model and what I prefer to do, I prefer cash flow. Okay. Some people are infatuated with an actual dollar amount. That's the amount they want. Um, mm -hmm. After uh, running a couple of businesses and, you know, getting some pretty good payouts and uh, being at a position where I could save some money up, I just didn't get that, that same feeling out of saving money or hoarding money. Uh, to me, that really wasn't security. Um, you know, you, you always have that concern if – if if something was to happen to you right now where you wasn't able to work anymore, you would pretty much see whatever money you had saved up. Let's just say you had two hundred, three hundred thousand. You would pretty much start counting the days where that amount is going to come to zero. So, cash really isn't power. Cash flow is power. Let's say that same situation something was to happen to you, but you had uh, ten thousand dollars a month coming in cash flow. Now, even though that ten thousand dollars compared to three hundred thousand. The ten thousand is actually more security because that's cash flow. It's coming every month. You can count on that money, as opposed to money you're just saving in your bank and it's not being invested. Um, you know, you just had that chunk of chain over there. So my approach, I pretty much had like a ten year game plan that I was gonna try to um, get as much cash flow going, cash flow and assets as possible, and pretty much uh, I started that. You know. I said I was going to do that when I was 30 years old to 40 years old. And when it, within that 10 years, see how much cash flowing uh, assets I could acquire in those 10 years. So pretty much I was just looking for different places just to put my money um, as far as being invested. And um, I started off selling cars. I just had a little office. Me and my roommate went. We, we registered a business to sell cars. We were going to auction, uh, just picking up cars and just adding like an extra $700, $800, $1,000, whatever we can get, just add it on top of the car and mm -hmm. just keep going like that. So I was doing that for a couple of years and um, I actually brought my cousin down from New York because he had a shop up there and um, he was looking for, you know, the next thing in his life, the next stage. So um, we both took the leap together. He came down over here. We opened up a shop. So um, uh, and then after business. that, yeah, exactly. A family business, which I usually don't do. Actually, I'd rather not deal with friends and family, but um, we made a section in this case. And so now pretty much we got that admission. We got two admission stations going where uh, if if the customers can't pass an admission inspection, pretty much they need repairs done. We funnel them to our shop and which we also transfer the license over there. So we still sell the cars. So the Toro just fits in perfectly because sometimes we'll get a customer, they need repairs, we need the car for a few days, and we'll actually just throw them in a rental car. Or vice versa, we'll get a rental customer oh. who has their vehicle at another shop and they need a rental car. And by coming to us for a rental car, we'll actually funnel them into our customer list and let them know, hey, next time we can beat your prices on this, whatever it is you need, uh. you come see us. And then we just acquired a customer from uh, uh, the rental. So it, it goes oh. back and forth, man. It's a great funnel.
So interesting. I I I really like that quote. We I we we can't we can't keep going after that. He said Stefan said he said cash flow is more power than cash. Yeah, that that quote isn't it usually cash is king, but it sounds like Stefan really believes. Cash I like flow is that. King. Yeah, I like that. Cash flow is more powerful than cash. Um, oh, it is, man. Some people say credit is king, but credit uh, it, without if credit without knowledge. I know a lot of people with credit, twenty thousand right. dollar credit limits. They 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 don't know what to do with that credit. They see right. uh, anything other than a. A, a short thing as a risk. So if you was to tell them to invest that credit that they had, they would more see it as a risk. They don't want to use that. They'd rather just keep it for emergency. So yes, mm-hmm. cash flow is king, man. You, you you can't beat cash flow. That's the number one security. I like that. Scared money um, don't make no money. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. Scared money don't make money. And you're more scared when you don't have money coming in. And Facts. let's just say you did have that hundred thousand, you, right. you would be less likely to invest that money but let's say you had that ten thousand coming every month. You know, if, right. even if you screwed the hundred thousand up somehow, right. next month you got ten. After that, you got twenty, then thirty, and so on. So cash flow, man, you can't beat keep, that. Keep bringing the cash in. Yeah, let you so, make more plays. So, 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 Stefan, exactly. like, Stefan, the whole the Toro thing. So, I, I'm gonna be honest. I ha- I've never used the Toro app before. I've heard of it kind of in passing. Like, I guess like my understanding of Toro's is, is kind of like the Airbnb for cars. Like, you know, somebody can just like rent a car for a day or, or for a week or however long. Is, is that how it works? Or could you just explain a little bit, you know, more what Toro is and, you know, how, how does it work? How does it work? Yeah, it's pretty much like you said, similar to Airbnb. Um, anybody can list their vehicle on Toro as a host and uh, people go on the marketplace searching for vehicles. They could put in different criteria or search results. Um, they can narrow it down by the area they live in or the kind of vehicle they're looking for or their kind of miles allowed on the vehicle. Um, they narrow it down, and pretty much um, once somebody is on the platform searching for vehicles, most likely they already have an account through Toro. Um, so they book your vehicle however you have it set up. Um, you could take the option for instant booking where you don't have to approve the trips. So if you have an instant book vehicle, somebody can just get on there and book it, and then you'll get the notification while uh, with the trip details, or if you do need some kind of approval, they could send the approval over. You could check the person out. You can you can look at their um, their score, like a star rating. You could read reviews that other hosts left on them, and based on their criteria, you can make a decision whether you want to accept the trip or deny it based on trip details. So it's, it's real similar to Airbnb, just for cars. And so you get to set your own price and everything. Like yeah, we get to set our own price. Okay. Um, just is just recently because uh, Toro, uh, like any other platform, they're constantly trying to make it better for the host and the guests. So gotcha. you can set your own price. There is uh, um, a little range because of um, high claim volumes. So sometimes you have people on there with a little more expensive cars and they want to just let it go really cheap. Um, so now Toro is actually coming out. Uh, uh, with new rules based on the value of your car is how cheap you could set it because they don't want a $40,000 car on there being rented for $25 a day gets into a crash and now they have to follow up with a claim that's worth $40,000 you know it doesn't make much sense to them but yeah essentially you get to set your price yeah and I guess that would be my next question so like if I wanted to like make a couple extra dollars and like rent out my personal vehicle right the car that I'm driving you know back and forth to work and, you know, I want to rent it out, you know, one evening or one weekend, 
Like, what if somebody gets in a crash, you know, my personal car? Like, so Turo covers that with an insurance claim or does it go through your own personal personal insurance? Like, how does that well, work? When you get on the when you get on the platform, you have, there's different insurance packages and you can opt out of their insurance, which is not advised because um, a lot of insurance companies, when they find out you're doing ride share, actually voids out your coverage. So usually it's, it's just better to, uh, pick one of Turo's insurance packages. Um, so the package that we go for is, uh, it's a $250 deductible. Um, and it's a, a, a 70, 30 split, meaning that we actually give Turo 30% of the profit in return. They cover our vehicles for, I think their, their claim, their liability claim goes up to, uh, I believe it's uh, $75,000 they'll cover up to, uh, which we never put cars worth that much in the platform, not even close anyway, so we don't really worry about that. But uh, if you okay. have some kind of super, super car, right. uh, yeah, you just want to make sure that they'll only yeah, cover up to, to 75000 You might have to look into a different insurance option with them. Yeah, and to me personally, my style of Toro, you know, it's not really uh, uh, worth it to do those kind of cars. But I would love to hear somebody's input who is actually running that kind of business. Because when I run the numbers and I run all the probabilities going on, it just doesn't make that much sense to be that exposed. Okay. See, the way I'm doing it, the most the more, most expensive car I have on there is worth $12,000. So um, Perfect. That was actually going to be my, you know, my next follow-up question. That is, yeah, exactly, um, exactly. What, ki- what kind of requirements now does Turo have um, – you know, requirements in terms of the kind of vehicle, if it's within a certain year or mileage or how does that work? Yeah. So I think the vehicle, it can't be older than 13 years old and it can't have more than 130,000 when initially listing it. If you list it before 130 and it goes over that, you're kind of grandfathered in, but initially when you list it, it has to have less than 130. And we've had plenty of cars we put on there with like 127 and 128. And a couple months later, it's over 130. But because we listed it initially under 130, then we could ride it out. And I believe the age, um, as far as how old the car can be, uh, I believe it's 13 years. So, so that, it, that gives um, you a big, yeah. a big window of of kind of cars you can list on there. I mean, anything under 13 years, and um, it sounds like the, the dollar amount, as long as the mileage is under 130, that's I mean, that's a lot of cars you can you can list on there. So. Did you find um, now? Did you find that out through somebody else? Did you learn that from someone else, or did you just start with uh, with lower end cars and and just found out that it worked better? Uh, well, I kind of worked the numbers out, and I was kind of looking at it from a return perspective. Uh, so when I add the numbers, uh, based on you know, at that when I was first starting out, obviously I didn't know what the car can actually bring in. Right. So we just kind of did like a, a a rough idea based on what a friend of mine, a similar car he was doing. So basically like uh, one of my guidelines coming in, I like the vehicle to pay for itself within a year. If not, I'll go a year and a half, but anything after that, I don't want to be, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to wait two years just to get my initial investment back. So usually within a year, most of my vehicles will fall in that one year mark. Meaning if I rent it out for a full year, I'll, I'll have my initial investment back and I'll still have the vehicle. That's usually how I like to run this business. Got it. And one more question about the insurance. Um, you say you do the insurance program through Turo. Do you also 
have an insurance on the on the cars that are you're using strictly for Turo elsewhere, or do you have only insurance through Turo? Yeah, so you kind of you got to maintain insurance because in a lot of states, uh, insurance is connected to the registration of the vehicle. So once that once that insurance falls off, the Department of Revenue or motor vehicles will actually get a an alert that this vehicle no longer has insurance. At that point, they'll send you a notice out. So a lot of times, and then also Turo insurance doesn't kick in uh, until somebody books the trip and the trip begins. So if you're driving that car outside of Turo and you don't really have Turo, you know, it's kind of like a double dipping thing. It's kind of two policies that you see it. But what I like to do, since I don't really drive my Turo vehicles, I just keep a, a minimum liability coverage on it. And then gotcha. once they're booked on Turo, I take the 70-30 plan, which some people do the 60-40 plan, which uh, um, it gives you, I think the 60-40 plan, if anything happens and your car is being repaired or it gets to an accident, they'll actually cover your revenue, whatever revenue the car makes, they'll cover that oh, if, wow. you, if you take that package. But I, we, we prefer to do the 70-30 because, um, I mean, I've had about 850 trips and uh, only like four of those were total losses. So we don't have a, like a crazy high percentage of total losses. So 70, 30 works great for us. I think, I think what's interesting about what, what, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're treating it like, like I, 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 in my mind, I can only think about Airbnb. Like people just like have like one place. Like, I don't know so many people who treat it like a full fledged functioning business. Like I think earlier you said invest in a car. So like, and you also had started out with a small fleet and then you grew your fleet. So I, I'm assuming that like every, every dollar you're making from Toro, you know, leads to you, you know, buying more cars and just constantly building out. Like you're treating it like a real business. Um, and I think you also mentioned that, you know, you, you got started with a business loan too. So like pretty much your yes. mind state going into it from the beginning was like, I'm going to run this like a, like a, like a business. This isn't like a hobby or like, you know, like a side hustle to make, you know, just a couple extra dollars with my personal vehicle. No, no, no. Actually we haven't taken, since we started this business in 2018, um, my cousin and I, we actually haven't taken any money out this business. Uh, we just reinvested either to buy more vehicles or recently we just bought a tire machine cost a couple of grand, but, now it saves me $20 on each tire that I have to get mountain balanced. Um, we buy new scan tools like to uh, um, uh, program keys and um, lockout kits or lock boxes that go in the window. Sometimes we do remote handoffs where it's a, it's a late night rental and we're not over there, but the, the vehicle's set up. We've had pictures or check-in. We have a combination lock box. So if somebody rents it at that time, I don't have to go back out to my location. All I have to do is um, make sure I get a picture, a selfie picture, proving that that's them, uh, make sure I'm releasing the combination to the right person. And um, a lot of times I don't have to be there if it's after hours. But I saw that as one of the advantages we had because it's almost like Airbnb. You know, you can go on there, you can search your market, see what other people are doing, see what the price is looking like. So when I searched my market, I noticed that a lot of people just have one or two cars in their driveway, maybe like one or two pictures. Like there weren't, I think I may, I might have one or two competitors, not even in my close vicinity who are wow. treating it like I am like an actual business. Most people just rent a car here and there on the weekends and uh, horrible reviews. So our <laughs> whole area was pretty much open. Nobody was treating it like a business. So coming in, I did notice that. And I said, man, I'm, I'm going to capitalize on this, man. I'm going to be the first one around here to actually treat this as an actual rental business. And, um, 
you know, so I, you, now so I have you regular research. You did the market research, saw that, that the area that you were in was lacking in this, basically smartened up and opened the market up. Exactly. Exactly. Treat, treat it like an actual uh, a business to where I'm not renting. Uh, like this, not my personal car. These are strictly rental cars. Yeah. I really don't drive these cars. Now, exactly. earlier you mentioned that you were um, already in the car game and you had a couple different uh, businesses that you were doing offline. Um, in the next five years, do you see yourself transitioning more into the digital space with rentals or do you see kind of, you know, keeping things diversified? Um, my approach with the rental game, um, you know, it's like everything else, you know, people are going to complain they're going to whine about every little thing that goes wrong. Um, so when I was coming into this space, I just told myself, look, this is, I don't really need this money. I have my other business. That's what really pays my bills and my living expenses. So I really don't need this money. I'm going to reinvest it. When we do start taking some profit out of this, I'm still not going to touch that money. So when I look back at it, uh, uh, and this was before I started the rental business. This is my thought process. I want to be able to look back in 10 to 15 years and say, I used this money, the, the money that I invested into the Toro business. I didn't just blow that money and walk away with nothing. I used this money to take me to the next step. That was my initial thought process. Now actually running the business, I believe it's a business that I could scale to where I have employees and I have a, a nice system going to where I could do very minimal work and still make great profit. So I That's think I could do this business funny you forever. That. It's funny you mentioned that one of the uh, books that is usually a big uh, topic of, this, of conversation is the four hour work week. Not sure if you ever read that, but it talks a lot oh, about. Yeah, you know, yeah, see, exactly. And, and when you mentioned that you want to you know, have employees and then you do systemize. kind of remove yourself. Yeah, yeah. systemize it, um, which is real important for entrepreneurs to understand that, you know, in the beginning, yeah, you got to put in a lot of work, but if you do things the right way and you, and you're, you know, meticulous about it, you can plan it out. You can then eventually remove yourself from it and it still makes income for you. You know, passive income is a real, a real big thing that we're trying to uh, push out there. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, uh, and actually my initial, initially when I dig into the business, like, um, that is more of my plan is to, when I first started these businesses, um, I did quickly learn that, you know, um, especially rich dad, poor dad, uh, income quadrant. So I learned that how precious your time was and time is the only resource you can't replace. So what right. good is all this hustling? If you're still putting in 60, 70 hours a week right. with no Seriously. end in sight, then essentially you just own your job. You don't own your time still. So once I learned that concept, I made, I made myself a 10 year plan that, uh, at the age of 40 years old, uh, I'm pretty much, not going to be having my, my actions aren't going to be based off making money. Um, you know, I'm not the kind of person just sit, sit on a beach somewhere and just not do anything, right. but maybe I could turn to more like, uh, uh, you know, just giving back, giving yeah, back yeah, to the yeah. community, sure. um, you know, stuff like that. Make my life have some actual purpose instead of just, you know, so when I started rental business, really, I want to get into the online space. Um, that's where I think you guys saw my YouTube channel. Right. I got a couple of things that I want to get into in the online space because I feel like, you know, that's, that's the new wave. That's the next generation. That's the future. That's where we're heading. And I never want to be left back in the past. So all this money right here, I'm trying to invest now. I, I want to do e-commerce. I want to do, you know, 
digital marketing. If if I can get on YouTube and you know branch out, people start reaching out to me for my content. I think I have a unique style on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just need to find the time to polish that up, uh, which goes hand in hand with owning my time. Once I own my time, I want to do more things like that. If I create a YouTube video, that's something that's going to be on YouTube for years and years and years to come. That's something that my kids can go and watch my YouTube video in the future. So as I get older, these are more of the things that appeal to me instead of just, you know, getting out here and making a little bit of money. It's more of those things. But at the same time, I need that security so where when I'm doing those things, I don't have to worry about bills or, you know, right. all these other crazy for things. Sure. For sure, bro. I, and I think for you, for you in particular, like, like, like you said, we reached out after seeing your YouTube video and like you have such a unique business model, I think um, that like, I think, and it, it, it's unique and it's also simple, right? Just renting your car. And the fact that you already have experience in that game, like if you, you becoming like a course or like coach, you know, you, you know, creating courses and becoming like a coach that definitely would be like, I, I would say like, could be very lucrative. You got a lot of games right, right, right. in that space, man. That's this is a very interesting space. No, and you and you mentioned yeah, yeah. you mentioned just a second ago about like how you know your story is, is unique and you have an ability to tell a story that's unique. Um, do you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit about your, your story, your personal story, and how you got to the point where you're at now? Yeah, so basically originally I'm from West Africa, uh, Liberia, one of the poorest countries in the world. Uh, left Liberia, uh, uh, fleeing the war, came to the United States when I was nine years old as a refugee. Um, I mean, since then, man, it's just, since I came over here, it's just like, I don't know, my life had a lot of different turns. Um, lost my mother when I was 15 years old. That's the only parent I had. Since then, I was just like, I, I was I was to the streets, man. I was following with the wrong crowd. Um you know, I, I think somehow I, I always had that entrepreneurship spirit in me. I just didn't know how to channel that the right way. So, oh, um, yeah. yeah, so made a couple of bad decisions, man. And when I was 19 years old, I found myself in prison. Um, mm. Did a two-year sentence, came home, came out when I was 21. And pretty much when I came out, I just knew I didn't want to go back. I still didn't knew I, – I didn't learn anything in prison. That's, that's, the, that's the scary part because – only thing it does is just refine your skills. It just makes you a better criminal. It makes you, it opens up doors to, you know, more illegal activities. Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily, um, you know, make you want to be an upstanding citizen or whatever, but I just knew I didn't want to go back. It's supposed to rehabilitate you, right? Isn't that the whole point? It's supposed to rehabilitate you? Yeah. It's supposed to, but hey, they throw you around, around a bunch of criminals uh, I don't. I don't really know how to rehabilitate, but right. <laughs> um, right, right. I came out. I just know I didn't want to go back. So right. I'm thinking, okay, the only way to keep myself out of prison is to do what everybody else does: uh, get a job, go to school, graduate, get a degree, get a career, retire in 30 years, and call it a day. Mm. So <laughs> that was my plan. I was going to school. I was working. Uh, uh, but then something came across my YouTube, or something came that start it started it sparked the ignition in me it it made me want to start looking for more for more so as i started to find these people like you said tim ferris four hours work week grant cardone uh rich dad poor dad yeah, yeah, jim yeah. rome i started listening to all these people it slowly started to change my mindset and i started to look at 
days and weekends that I would blow on PS4 playing with friends, I start to look at that as crazy, especially mm. when I look back and see like, okay, the last five years of my life went by so fast, it was a blur. Isn't it safe to say that I'm going to wake up 10 years from now and look back at this very moment and that's going to be a blur? So I decided, you know, mm. I got to get out. I, I want to make a change. I want to actually take risk in my life. Not anything illegal like I was doing before. I don't want to go back to prison, but I want to take risk out here. Yeah, yeah, good risk. So, you know, I don't really see myself like I thought I wanted to go to school and get a career. But when I'm seeing other friends or family members and going to school, coming out with master's degrees and they hate their job and they're getting paid $30,000 <laughs> a year. I'm like, you know, that doesn't really give you much to look forward to. Yeah. Right. But then I'm going online and I'm seeing 17 year olds. Actually, I'm going online seeing 17 year olds drop shipping, selling stuff on Amazon, making their website, affiliate marketing, making 10, 20, 30,000 dollars a month. But nobody seems to be talking about that. Everybody just talk about the next job, the next application. I'm like, you know what, man? I can't. Nah, that's not for me. So that's when I made that decision, man. That is Welcome why, to 99 Hustles. Yeah, 99 Hustles. That is why we have the podcast exactly. right there, man. To, to tell this story, to tell your story. Um, right. And I'll be honest with you. So um, your, your story, you know, it, it hits home a little bit more with me because um, my family is actually from East Africa. My family's from Eritrea. Um, and I was, you know, I was born here, but a lot of family, a lot of family friends had a, a very similar uh, path that you had where, they came here, you know, their parents don't know much about this country beyond just get here and hope that your kids make it right. That's kind of the, the game plan for, for immigrant parents. Um, mm-hmm. And for you to lose your mother that early, I can only imagine. Like, I, I don't know what I would have done at your age if I lost my parents um, and didn't really have any kind of proper guidance. Um, so the fact that you hit pretty much rock bottom and then took that as an opportunity to, to refine your skills and then figure out what you want to do. And now you're, you know, on a podcast talking about <laughs> passive income, right? So it's just crazy how, right. yeah, yeah, how crazy, crazy how crazy life works. Very crazy, very crazy. And that's 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 a great advantage right there, man, to be at rock bottom. And um, a lot of people take that for granted. Uh, and that's something even moving forward. Uh, my son's about to be one year old at the end of this month, and um. You know, I'm in, a, I'm in a position now where, you know, I don't have to worry about money as much. You know, my bills are all paid. Um, now I'm actually investing money, um, not not paying interest or debt. I'm investing money now. So I want to I'm thinking of a way to give that to my son, too. I don't want him um, being raised privileged to where, you know, if I'm anything happens, he feels like he's you broken down. No, I'm glad you brought that up because this is something that I've heard from a lot of you know, parents are, you know, first time parents right now when they're talking about they struggled their life. So they don't want their kids to struggle. But at the same time, how do you install that grit? How do you install that desire? Balance, to hustle? Right? Yeah. Because it took you and a lot of other people to get to be at rock bottom, because like you said, it, it, there is an advantage because at that point, you got to fight or flight, right? There's, there's only two options. What are you going to do when you when you're, you're surrounded by fear? And because you're putting your children in a position of privilege, how do you make sure they don't grow up that way? So that's, I mean, that's very interesting. I'm hoping in a couple of years when, when, when you're basically running your own marketplace, you can come back on the show, tell us how you were able to raise your kids uh, and, and install that hustle in them. Well, yeah, man, a lot of this stuff I plan on 
um, you know, talk about on my actual YouTube channel. Um, you know, everybody's interested in the Toro and they love to hear how you make money and they love to hear about profits and dollar signs, but there's little pieces that have to come together to form the right mentality to be able to play any of those games long-term. And I saw that same uh, correlation between a lot of different businesses. Um, so that's why I like when somebody's talking to me about a certain business and they talk about mindset and, you know, mindset mean a majority of it. Cause I think that's true with any like entrepreneurship venture. Uh, of course, there's always anomalies. There's always that one person who just rolled out of bed and just made millions. So you really can't compare yourself to that person. I'm talking about the overall average. Like a lot of these people who are at the top of their games, they'll tell you that it's 80%, if not more, mentality. So I kind of want to break that down too. Even just, you know, like my YouTube channel, I don't want to make it like actual Toro channel. I want it to be about my life, like what I'm thinking, what's going through my head. And mostly majority of it is business related because that's, that's pretty much what I eat, sleep, breathe is uh, business. I could talk about this all day, but what, what gets me more is the self-development part because if this opportunity would have fell in my hands, uh, when I was in my early 20s, like I would have blew it or or quit or walked away. Um, it it could have went a lot of different ways, but the mentality I have now is just uh, like I'm gonna push through anything, no matter what. And that's why I feel like I can almost I can almost do any business because it's that mentality portion. You know, if there was a business out there so easy and everybody can make money, then the masses are right behind you. So. You know, it's about that mindset. So I'm trying to build an audience of people who understand this. And I feel like everybody hits that place in their life where they look, they're searching for that. They don't know exactly what it is they're searching for. But, I mean, the mind is is, is, is so crazy, man. Like, yeah. people who are elevated, who take their game to the next level, it's in their mindset. It's not what they're actually doing. Mm. That's real. Speaking of mindset, uh, you know, taking a look back at where you started and where you're at now, would you say you're happy? I mean, I'm I'm happy that I don't have to worry about where my next meal is coming from, but uh I'm I'm never really satisfied, you know. I have a long way to go. Um as I grow those those things keep changing like recently within the last year or two, I've been crazy obsessed with what I can do going back to Africa that that that's that's what I'm pretty much planning up to. Uh, I want to create resources, assets over here. And the next thing, I want to I want to go back to Africa and, uh, you know, invest in there, bring some of my knowledge over there, try to create jobs over there. Um, um, you know, just give back, give back to my community, give back to where I came from. So as I get older, like, it's that selfishness is coming out because before it was just like, okay, I need to hoard a bunch of money. I need to have, you know, 30 times my, well, what the, 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 the rule of, of um, retirement, have 30 times your expenses invested. Okay, that's what I want to do. It's all about me, me, me. But as I get older, I'm like, you know what? I can, I can, I can give back. Like for kids going to prisons or people going to prison, whoever wants to listen, you know, for me going to prison actually might have saved my life. If, if I didn't go to prison, I would probably be working at some desk job that I hate right now. So you, you know, you I want to set somebody prison. else off on that same course. Exactly. 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 I want to set somebody else off on the same course. Um, uh, you know, I want to spark that interest in them. I want to let them know that, you know, they do have hope. There is a chance because 
people only want to share the negative with you. They always want to tell you what you can't do. Like, oh, oh, you're a felon. You'll never get a job. You'll never live in this apartment. You'll never get that. That's good. You don't need a job. You know, go pick up <laughs> someone on the side Thanks. just to make some money to get by. And then, you know, find how you can invest, find a little bit extra money, invest that. But more importantly, invest in your mindset, your thought process, because that's the most important thing. So you don't really need a job. This is the best time to not have a job. So, yeah, Word. exactly. So Rest. I love what you guys are doing with the podcast, man. That's, 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 that's a great thing you guys are doing. Appreciate it, man. Spoken like a, spoken like a true hustler. Yeah. Y'all don't, y'all won't, won't give me a job. That's cool. I ain't want it anyway. <laughs> like a true hustler. Exactly. I'm gonna make my own job. Yeah, exactly. Man, um, what? That's the best, that's the best time to do it, man. For, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, uh, so with that, Stefan, uh, what we what we always ask uh, every guest that we have on our show um, is, "What is your hustler mantra?" Um, that's kind of just like a quote or a saying or a phrase or something that you run your business uh, based off, uh, or like what kind of like embodies how you live your life. Um, so, what would you what would you say is like your your, your hustler mantra? Um, be open to every opportunity, or yeah, be open to every opportunity. You never know which one will turn things around. Or be open to every experience, not necessarily opportunity. Even if you don't see it as an opportunity, if it's mm -hmm. something you can experience for the first time, take Do that it. experience because you never know which one of those experiences will just completely turn your life around or your thought process around. That's great. So man. that's what I shared with him. Um, other than that, the, the next one, the next one, something that's really been hitting home to me. Um, you know, it's not, it's not a big move. Like it's not one big leap of faith, you know, it's small little steps and in increments. So a lot of things that we have to do on a daily basis are not necessarily anything hard or grand. A lot of times they're a bunch of easy stuff, but just as easy as it is to do those easy things, it's always much easier just to do nothing. So that's one of the things that hit home with me because sometimes like I got a lot of stuff to do and the little stuff keeps getting pushed back, pushed back. And, you know, in your mind, you always tell yourself, Oh, that's easy. I could do that real fast. I could do that quick. It's easy, but it never gets done. So I, I, I struggled with that. How, why is the easy stuff not get done? Uh, and I was listening to some Jim Rome the other day and he pretty much laid it right out for me. The easy stuff doesn't get done because it's always easier to do nothing. So I feel like yeah. that's, that's an issue that a lot of us face is, you know, anything you could think of to do, bro, it's always 10 times easier to just sit on the couch or just go to sleep, <laughs> not do nothing. That's true. That's so it true. doesn't matter how easy the task is, <laughs> it's always easier to do nothing. That's yeah. a fact. So I feel like that's really important, you know? No, that's a fact. And that kind of circles back to your point before. It's like, there's always going to be people saying negative things or complaining about things. It's much easier to, to find something to complain about than it is to come up with a solution. Right. Um, exactly. And it, it's, it's been, it's been um, a reoccurring theme here with you is that you're clearly a solutions based person. And, you know, you were just always, you know, you had all the tools, you just kind of needed some sort of, you know, spark and, yeah, and, and mind state. Right. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to hear how far you've come. Uh, I know Nick and I really appreciated talking to you with you today. I know our, our audience and um, our fans are going to really, really take to this story. And again, we really look forward to hearing from you down the road, 
hoping in a couple of years, you can tell us about what new business venture you started. Um, and we'll definitely be um, putting all your information on the 99 hustle blog post. So um, Stefan, again, thank you so much for taking the time to be uh, on this uh, episode with us today and uh, really look forward to hearing the rest of your story. Yeah, man, keep up, um, uh, keep me posted, keep in touch. Sure. Um, definitely want you guys to tune into the channel. Like I said, I, I have a lot of plans for that channel. And, uh, sh- shout just, out the YouTube channel uh, for, for the listeners so they know where to find you. Yeah, so my YouTube channel is just, is just pretty much my name, Stefan Marquardt, S-T-E-F-A-N-M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T. And right now I'm catching, uh, um, I'm getting a lot of uh, – clicks on my Turo video. So really, if you want to find me on YouTube, just type in Turo. I'm ranking pretty good for that keyword Turo. Just type Turo in. My video pops right up, like the third or fourth one. And uh, pretty soon you're going to see a bunch of videos on there because I am getting a lot of Turo questions. So um, anything Turo related, you can search me on there and you'll, my video pretty much pop up. Cool. Cool. There you have it, man. Um, Stefan, like Fee says, you've been a great guest. Uh, audience, you should take away that, you know, mental state is everything. Um, and don't wait for doors to open for you. Um, build a door. Um, Stefan, someone who creates his own opportunity, creates his own luck, um, regardless of a circumstance, regardless of... Um, of, of not that resistance to following the status quo and really seeking out information and knowledge on your own. So yeah, once again, yeah. Stefan, man, pre- appreciate you, appreciate you uh, for joining us today. Yeah. Uh, it's been a great episode and 99 hustle signing off 99 yeah. hustles. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Hey, y'all be easy, man. Stay in touch.